This week is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces. Brought to you by Daisy May Hatco, the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. I think, though, if I did um, if I did my sound checks like that at most places, I think that uh, they would ask me to never oh, yeah. come back. Well, I feel like it's appropriate here, right? I mean, it is Vegas. <laughs> so I guess we should tell all the listeners where we are. We're in Vegas, and uh, we're at SHOT Show, and we decided, you know, we needed to sit down after hours of hours of, you know, no sleep and screaming and decide we're just going to talk some more for <laughs> some more hours. And it's, the, the best part is we're not under screaming music right now, so I can actually talk, which is nice. Um, I don't feel like I have to scream at you. So it's amazing. Um, Jose, thank you so much for coming on. Don't worry, you'll get your intro afterwards we put in because you're kind of a badass, but whatever. <laughs> so we, we kind of met... Um, we kind of met through mutual friends. I call them the Knicks because there's no point in saying Nick and Nikki anymore because people get very, very confused. So I call them the Knicks. And the Knicks introduced me to you. And I had actually heard about you through Griff because he went down with, to do some stuff with One More Wave, brought a bunch of our sunglasses and bracelets down. And he was like, yo, you need to meet this dude. And then we never linked up. So I've actually had people tell me about you now a couple different times. <laughs> and then I get this email in my inbox from Nikki or one of the Knicks. And um, I look down and it's, she's, she's like, this is Jose. This is who I was telling you about. I was like, shit, I got to meet him. He's like, oh, no, he's going to be a shot show. Like, we're going to meet him. I'm like, fuck you. I love when you get to actually sit and talk with someone. And so I'm sorry in advance that there's no video. But trust, he will be coming on plenty of times and you'll get to see the beautiful face that is yours it's when the stars align i know right i forgot to take (laughs) this though i forgot to take this what so why don't as i'm taking this don't worry about what it is as i'm taking this why don't you tell everybody a little bit who you are so a little bit about who i am um my name is jose martinez i'm absolutely no one special or important i'm just another human in this beautiful amazing world trying to help others because for a very long time others were not willing to help me in tough times and situations so a little backstory about myself I'm an army veteran I served for three and a half years Um, unfortunately I got cut short I was trying to do 30 years in the military because when I found the military it was something I absolutely loved and adored so for a very long time I was miserable and sad after my accident I stepped on the 60 pound IED on March 3rd, 2012, which would be about almost 10 years in two months. And 
when I woke up, I woke up stateside. I didn't wake up in Germany or anything like that. Oh. I, oh, yeah. I stepped on the 60-pound IED. Um, <laughs> when it happened, I instantly flew up 10 feet in the air, landed head first, and never got knocked out. Um, my boys jumped on top of me, Sturdivant, Powers, Strain, Hector, Sergeant, all my guys. I remember every single moment, every single conversation we had to the point where my buddy Powers was at one point. I'm telling them, I'm like, dude, just just let me die. Like, this is the way I want to die. I'm a piece of shit. I haven't done anything great for this country, this world, or anything like that. Like, this would be my best case scenario because my mom would be able to know that her son was a hero. And she would never be able to find out all the stupid, dumb shit that I would have done before. You know. Bro, you're <laughs> crushing me right now. Yeah, so oh, for me, I, I wanted to die. And I was okay with it. And I thought I was okay with dying. So... My boys ended up slapping me. They're like, Martinez, you need to shut the fuck up. He goes, we're going to be drinking in two fucking weeks, but I need you to shut the fuck up right now. And I'm like, dude, like, this thing fucking hurts. Like, fuck this shit, you know? Like, take the tourniquets off and just let me go. Like, because they were putting tourniquets on, and the more they would tighten them, the more everything would become more and more painful. Of course. You know? And they closed me up. I was, I got pulled out of the little hole that I was in, and... I was telling them when I was in the hall, I was like, I can't breathe, pull me out. And they closed me up, and I, st- I ended up telling them after, I'm like, yo, I can't breathe. Like, I still can't breathe. Like, And Sturdivan, which was the medic, um, he's all like, dude, you're inhaling. Like, you're fine. I was like, I can't exhaust. So I was able to intake air, and you just see my chest wall getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out, I'm like, yeah. Pop me with the nasopharyngeal, uh, which is this uh, tube that goes into your nose, right. and it pops that um, that cartilage, and it allows an airway to breathe through. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. So he's all like, I'm going to have to do it. And I'm like, no, don't fucking do that, bro. I was just like, I told it. you, I was like, just fucking kill me. Like, let me die here, you know? You're torturing me. <laughs> and he goes, I have to pop you in the collar. And so there's a spot that um, opens up your airways as well through mm-hmm. your collarbone. And it's the third collar down, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And he ended up popping me. And the minute he got me, in, I ended up exhausting out. And I, all I can remember is, like, I took the biggest deep breath. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, I thought I wanted to die, but I guess I did it. Like, you know? <laughs> Jokes like, on you, bros. <laughs> yeah. So they ended up grabbing me. They're calling nine line. Um my sergeant, my guys in charge of me, I, I could hear the radio, like, and they're like, oh, you got to drive him in, and my sergeants were like, fuck you, we can't fucking drive him in, he's gonna fucking die on us, we're too far away, like, mm-hmm. he's gonna fucking die, and we had um, black air, if I'm correct, meaning no one was able to fly around, yeah. and for whatever reason, the most greatest angels in the world ended up listening on to the conversation and it was special forces and they said pop smoke we're gonna pick them up right now and my guys pop smoke told them what color i think it was purple if i'm even correct like to that homie that's your vibe so <laughs> yeah. hard and it's actually my favorite color it's so perfect <laughs> it's so perfect so um they pop smoke they come down and i'll never forget how my sergeant tells the story he goes because they they pop smoke at the cop 
and they're like, no, he's supposed to go over there. Like, no. you have to go and grab him. Like, he's quarter mile down. Go grab him over there, you know? And my my sergeant tells me, he goes, I saw this big, handsome, rugged guy, like, <laughs> beard and everything, like, best angel looking I've ever seen. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, where is he? And I was like, oh, they just popped smoke for you. He goes, round up, oh, let's no. go get him, you know? Ended up drop. They ended up getting me up, um, got me on the bird, and I'm speaking to the guys, and I'm like, "Yo, I need some meds." So a little bit of backstory on this: mm-hmm. um, we had gotten hit the day before, and my platoon sergeant, my medic, and his driver had all rolled over on from MRAP. So they hit like a 150 pound IED or something. And I saw a 1,500-pound or probably like a two-ton vehicle just go on its back and roll over. So we used up all the meds and stuff like that we needed on that particular time. Oh, So <laughs> when I get to the cop, my sergeant's like, hey, we just need you to go and just back up these guys real quick. Cause I was a machine gunner. They're like, you just need to back up these guys and make sure no one dies. Like... The bad guys have been shooting at their own people because they're building a road and they don't want the road to be built. So they just keep killing everybody. I just need you to make sure everybody's good. I'm like, cool. By the way, there's an IED somewhere around there and we're sending EOD with you. I'm like, all right, cool. He goes, you're fine with that? I was like, dude, we've been out like a month already. Like, I I could go out for a couple hours, take care of the boys and come right back, you know? I'm like, just let me call my girlfriend, you know? Give me one second. I haven't talked to anybody. I just want to make sure they know I'm alive. Ran into... Called her up. I'm like, hey, give my brother a call. Tell everybody I'm good. Like, you know, I got to go on the quick mission. I'll, I'll be back. I promise. Yeah. Um, run out. Then we pick up a new medic because we don't, you know. And this is our, our, all our medics are amazing. But for whatever reason, we picked up uh, one of the ones that was teaching everyone. You know, oh, so, dope. So yeah. if you didn't have him. Oh, I don't know what would have oh, happened. Oh, no. Yeah, because he under stress, he was just. He, dialed huh? oh man he looked like he was in the symphony just taking care of things not letting anything pa- i'm sure he was panicking deep down inside but he just he did what he needed to do but he ended up grabbing the bag we had already without the drugs without the drugs without everything so at this point you had had nothing i nothing i'm talking this has probably been five ten minutes and i'm over here arguing and talking shit ball blown up no legs no arm like just talking shit to the guys i'm like dude just leave me just let me fucking die here you know and they get me onto the helicopter and i and i grab the guy that that got me he goes martinez we got you we got you brother we got you you know, and I'm like, dude, you guys have drugs? And they're like, nah, man, we were on a mission that just, we were on the hell mission. I'm like, oh, fuck. They're like, but we got you, bro. Like, we packed yeah, light, we, yeah, we'll take you. you know, <laughs> my brother next to me that had gotten hit, I don't like to say this much, but the reason I stepped on the ID is because I went to go and try to rescue my brother that had just stepped on the toe popper. So he stepped on the sec- secondary ID. Which broke his ankle. Okay. I grabbed my stuff, ran towards him. That's when I stepped on the primary ID. And I I love Duray. I love him. I will do anything for him. And for a very long time, he felt like it was his fault that stuff happened. But I know if it would have been me on that side, 
I guarantee you, just like everybody saved my life, I wanted to save his. And I, there's no remorse. There's nothing. I've talked to Durai. I love him. You know, I just, I hope he understands that he's not at fault for anything. For a very long time, he felt like it was his fault, just like my sergeant that sent me on the mission. Well, how could they not? I mean, there's an aspect to, there's an aspect to humanity where you can't help but question that was supposed to be me or if I didn't go do that or if I didn't send them there. And there's, there's, you see these platoon commanders and sergeants that are sending people out left, right, and center, and they're losing guys. I mean, the weight, you, you can't help it. It's, it's human. They're oh, absolutely. Feel it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even for myself, I, I would go back after I woke up. So ended up getting on the helicopter these guys grabbed me and they're like there's no drugs but we got you bro like i promise you so Darius sitting next to me and he says that i died on them three times in the helicopter and every single time i would wake up and i'm like help help like asking for you know i'm like I'm f-. and at one point i do remember saying i'm so cold and that's when they grabbed me and they're like i got you brother i got you like the guys were on top of me like if I would ever run into or bump into that gentleman, I don't know his name. Don't what? know his last name. I, I think I will re- recognize him. That's how much I I feel like a vibration was there. I felt like he was he was guiding me, you know, and he made sure, like, I, I would tell him I'm fucking cold, and I'll start shivering, and he would get on top of me, and he would put a blanket over me, and he goes, brother, I got you. I got you, Jose, to the point where he started saying my first name, you know, and... They ended up dropping me down in Fapasab, and my platoon sergeant's there because he's hearing that we got hit, and he's trying to figure out who the fuck, like, mm-hmm. what's going on or whatnot. And I have a very special relationship with Sergeant Harris. Like, I, when I got to my unit, I was never treated like a private. I was treated like a man, mm. you know? And so anytime they needed something done and they couldn't do it, Martinez, this, this, and this, Roger that. I was like, but I'm not, I don't have rank. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Need you to go and do this, this. Roger that, sergeant. Get my ass and get it done one way or another, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was never treated like a child. And I hung out with them. We would work out together. I mean, I was always in the gym with them, you know? And that, that was our, our bro time. Right. You know? So when we got dropped down, he was the first, he was the, like, he was waiting there. Mm-hmm. He, he was doing testing because he had just gotten blown up, you know? Right. And um, he was waiting there. And I remember them putting me on the stretcher. I had a whole white cover over me. And Sergeant Harris pulls it down. And the first thing, he looks at me and says, I'm sorry, Marty. I should have been there. And he was crying. And I remember his tears rolling down onto my cheek. And I felt this blissful feeling that everything was going to be okay. And I let go. And I woke up 10 days later, stateside in Walter Reed, Bethesda, uh, fighting for my life. Um, if I'm correct, the doctor was signing my death certificate away because they're about to pull the plug. Or they pulled the plug on me, actually, and I woke up. And you're like, nah, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I wake up, and I, I kind of knew what happened, but I didn't want to understand or believe it. Mm-hmm. So I remember like waking up and looking around. I'm like, "Fuck, this is in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. This must be a dream." Let me close my eyes. Close my eyes, and I open. I'm like, "Please, please, God, just let me go back to the hell that I was in. Please, my boys need me. 
please let me go back. And I open my eyes and I go and try to get up. And when I try and get up, there's no right arm there anymore. I couldn't get up. I didn't have strength anymore. And I look down and I see nothing. There's no legs, there's no arm. Um, there's a tube down my throat. And um, I'm trying to take the tube out of my mouth. I'm trying to fight everybody around me because mm -hmm. they don't understand. They can't listen to me. And doctors are like, I can't take the tube out. Like, I just can't. I'm like, and they were doing like sign language and they were doing all this chalk stuff. And I'm like, no, bring my brother in because my brother was on the right. Mm -hmm. and it's my little brother. Like, mm -hmm. He knows me left and right. I'm, I'm like his father figure. I took care of him. We didn't grow up with the father. We have a, a, a stepdad. He's awesome, amazing stepfather. Mm -hmm. But me and my brother have a very close bond. Yeah. And I looked at my brother, and I he knew what I wanted already. He knew that I had this death stare in my eye that if he didn't do what I wanted to do, it was going to happen, you mm -hmm. know? So my brother told the doctor, I was like, look, I'm going to hold him down. For two hours. After those two hours, if you don't fucking take this tube out of his mouth because he's going to fuck me up. After mm -hmm. all this is done, yeah. it's like he's telling the doctor, my brother is going to beat my ass. <laughs> you know, So I'm going to hold him down for two fucking hours. And that's all you got, doc. Yeah. And literally, I'm staring at the clock. Literally. He's like counting like the seconds. Counting the seconds down. And the time it hit, my brother let me go. And the nurses were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I was pulling, I was really starting to pull the tube. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they told I'm my brother, hold you. him, hold him. <laughs> and my brother's like, what are you going to do? Like, oh, we got to go and tell the doctor. I was like, my brother helped, like, he's like, stop. So I'm like, all right, fuck. So at least they're telling the doctor. Right. You know? And doctor comes in running. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, he told you to. My brother's like, he told you two hours. Right. I was like. And he's my boss. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and my I don't brother, answer to you, buddy. My brother's 250 pounds, 6'3". Like, my little brother. He's a big boy. Like, you So know? that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. So the doctors are like, all right, all right, we're going to take it out. Literally, within two minutes, he took it out. And the first thing I say is, you motherfucker, I told you I could fucking breathe, you know? Yeah. I, I, have, I have a problem with um, small spaces. I'm yeah. claustrophobic. Okay. So that... That tube down my throat is just panic. Oh, it was full panic mode. I'm like, I'm breathing. I'm alive. Like I'm looking at you. You know, right. like I'm, I'm moving around. You know, Let's like, go. like and so the doctor started understanding. Like, oh shit, like this guy's a little different than all the other guys. I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, send me back if I can. You Let's know, go. Like, <laughs> Let's go. So we ended up going through 19 surgeries. Um, hmm. I go from Walter Reed Bethesda to San Diego Naval Medical Center. And this whole time, um, while I was deployed and before I deployed, I ended up speaking to this beautiful and wonderful girl. And it was all due to her best friend that uh, had met me. So on leave right before we deployed and all that, we had a month and a half before we deployed. So they let us go on leave, mm -hmm. go kiss our families, go, you know, share the love and just pretty much because we know where we're going. Right. And I ended, I was so shit faced those whole that whole week. I know I'm not supposed to be saying this, but I'm out already, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Shit faced the whole fucking week, like every single day. I wake up to run about ten miles, and then straight to drinking. Like let's <laughs> oh, fucking do it, you know. And um, 
it was the last day. We were at a party. My best friend's like, hey, would you mind if I invite some girls? I was like, bro, this is a fucking restaurant. Like, anybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome here. Like, your children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he goes, oh, it's just some girl that I've been, like, hanging out and talking to. I was like, all right, fuck, cool. Like, as long as you know that I'm going to be a shit show. Like, (laughs) you're going to be fine. You're not changing me. Yeah. (laughs) So she ended up coming over, and I was talking to her, and she's like, you know what? I think you'd be great for my for my best friend. I'm like, dude, I'm about to go to war. Might die. Like, it'd be cool to talk to a girl. You know, like I'm down. Yeah, like it'd be cool to have a pen pal or something. Like, I I've never done something like that, so I'm like, fuck it. Like, yeah, why not? You know, gave her my info. I was like, yeah, just let her, just let her know, or you know, send her my info, or whatnot. And we started talking like within a day or so, just text messages, um, Facebook at the time when I did have it, and um, I would. It started getting to the point where I would call her when I would wake up at 4 in the morning and be like, hey, beautiful. Hope you have a beautiful day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, have a great day, blah, blah, blah. Just the gentleman that I felt like I could be because I wasn't at home anymore. I didn't have all this other bullshit that I had to, like, oh, I'm a man, blah, stupid <laughs> ego shit, you know? Yeah. So I was able to get really close to her and just talking to her. And for a month and a half, I talked to her every day. Like, I would be shit-faced drunk, and I would call her and be like, baby. I'm fucked up right now, <laughs> like, but I gotta wake up in a couple hours, just want to tell you that I miss you, blah, 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 like, I think you're fucking awesome, you know, and all the way, even in Afghanistan, she sent me letters, I would call her, like, I, I would call her before I'd call my brother, before i call my best friend, before, you know, it'd be that, I, I made a connection without physically making a connection, and that's something I really liked, because I've, Everything was always physical for me. I was an egotistical man thinking that I needed to get as much girls as I can so I can prove to everybody else that I'm a man or something, you know? So So you were American military? Is that what you're saying? Uh, uh, well, it wasn't even in the military when I was doing this stupid shit, you oh, know? Oh, okay, like, you can use it as the excuse. What are you <laughs> yeah, doing? I'm giving you I an can't. out. There's no excuses. Like, you got to man up and face yourself, oh, you know? Oh, shit. So. He, he dropped some knowledge <laughs> there. He dropped the real. You know, because you, you, you got to be able to look back at yourself and be like, damn, I was a fucking idiot. Or right. oh, that was a smart move I made, you know? Like, whether it was good or bad, you got to be able to look at yourself and, and really, like, dial yourself in. Because if not... Everybody else is going to be like, oh, he's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he might be, but guess what? Deep down inside, you're a smart fucking human being. So as long as you're seeing what you're doing, you'll be fine. So That's a perspective, though, that like I can guarantee you most most that is not the uh, the answer that they would give. Well, it's taken a long time to get here as well. That's so. okay. That's okay. As long as the, the journey starts, right? Absolutely. It's just got to start. <laughs> so... We're sending letters to each other, um, calling each other up, and when this went down, everybody fucked up. Social media was opened. My guys were all like, <laughs> my guys were like, Martinez, I hope you make it out. But like, everything's going to be all right. Like, it was a shit show. Like, and they blacked out everything. They're like, dude, you guys are fucking idiots. You know you're not supposed to be doing, you know, because you're not supposed to be saying shit. You're supposed to yeah. tell the family first yeah. and then after everything comes. So um, she thought that I had just got shot in the ass. He's like, oh, he's going to be fine, you know. So Joke's on oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where after I got all my surgeries, I kind of stopped talking to her because I, I pushed her away. I pushed her away because I felt like this was going to be too much. Like, she's not going to want to be with me. How the fuck are you going to be with a guy that, first off, you've never physically seen or met? 
You may even know if he's real. He might be getting catfished, catfished. you know? Yeah. <laughs> just some chick overseas. <laughs> yeah. I've been talking to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I didn't want to put a burden on her or anything like that. I didn't want her making decisions that she, uh, she's three years younger than me. Like, she literally was about to turn 21. That, you know, I've gone through a hell of a long run of doing a bunch of adult stupidity, you know, <laughs> and she's never really gotten a chance at it. So you so, want to give her that breathing room yeah. to really make those mistakes well, on her own. I, you know, I, she's very beautiful. I At the time, I felt very ugly, and not just physically, but mentally. Yeah. You know, and it took a long time. So I pushed her away, and I ended up going from Walter Reed to San Diego Naval Medical Center because um, I was born in California. All my friends and family, they kept flying everybody back. And they're like, I thought you guys were joking when you said that they're going to be here all the time. I was like, no, I told you. You're like, do you yeah. know? <laughs> I warned you. Yeah. Like, my mom is a Salvadorian. That lady covers me if you know if yeah. there's bullets flying she'll put me on the floor and yeah. she'll cover that's how much a She's mom gonna yeah be oh, here. absolutely you know and she found out somehow some way that i ended up going from walter reed Bethesda to san diego naval medical center called up the hospital it's like hey i'm gonna come and visit you like the phone that i was sitting in the hospital i'm like oh shit how who gave her the number like she found you know you. yeah because i didn't even turn on my cell phone put it that like i hadn't uh put it back on service nothing like that like i wasn't even taking care of bills put it that you know so she ended up calling me she goes i i need to see if this is what i want i want to see if i truly love you or not you know and i was so scared and nervous and I will never forget the day that I saw her. Um, I ended up going downstairs. I still had a couple of things attached to me, and I was on a motorized chair. And blown up, still had things, like stitches. Still was, I had a colostomy bag. I was shitting out of my side. Like, I, it was a lot. But, so you were in peak peak condition? Oh, yeah, moment? yeah, absolutely. Okay. Peak condition to get naked because that's exactly <laughs> the first thing she had me do. But <laughs> before she got me naked, I, I remember, like, we were on the phone and we're like, where are you? Like, where are you? You know, and the minute we locked eyes with each other, it was like time slowed down. Like, it was like a movie, you know, and I could tell you exactly what she was wearing. Um, even her aura and stuff. Like, I, it just to that extent, I can go back and do that, you know, and... Look at the smile on your face, too. I, this is what sucks, is I wish people could see it, because when you talk about her, your whole demeanor changes. Oh, she's she's my three quarters of the better half of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's not my half, because I'm missing a whole freaking yeah, three quarters. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to need to be more than half for Yeah, me. definitely. And oh my God. we ended up hugging and kissing and... She took me upstairs, and first thing she did is, all right, get naked. I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck? This is how we start? I feel like we're going to get raped right now. Like, you <laughs> No, know? It's, what, did, what did someone tell me the other day? It's not rape. It's, it's surprise sex. <laughs> no, well, it wasn't even sex. So she got me naked, and she just started asking questions. She wanted to see everything. She and was curious. Absolutely curious. And it got to the point where she pointed at my colostomy bag, and she's like, what's that? And I'm like. This is how I have to poop now, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that when I told her that and like she got to that point, I'm like, oh, fuck, she's never coming back ever again. Mm -hmm. 
And she came back the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And it's about to be 10 years the next day. <laughs> I mean, she was, she knew about that toilet paper savings. Oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> no she knew what was up. Well, and then she got a bidet, so there's definitely no toilet paper needed yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, we weren't those fighting ones that were going to Walmart and fighting each other for toilet paper. Well, we're you, like, won't, you weren't fighting to the death? No, no, absolutely. No, 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 no. And I'm a hunter, so I was... No worries at all. Mike. So you're like, I'm so chilling <laughs> yeah. right now. You guys do you. You're sitting back. Exactly. Dude, a decade. A decade with her. And she has been my rock. She has been my savior. She, The reason I've, I'm on this podcast, to be honest with you, is because I, I remember one time I was in a really tough spot mentally. And I told her, I'm like, I, I need something more. I, mm-hmm. I need something that's going to help me with my mental state of mind. She's like, because I was already smoking cannabis, um, literally recovered, left the military. That day I signed my papers. I started smoking. <laughs> Immediately. I, I threw away all the opiates. Like I, I cut them cold turkey about a month before I got out. Like, oh, I went from taking 40, 50, 100 pills a day. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had... I got to pull this apart. How did you function being on that much? Um, I didn't really function, to be okay. honest with you. I was just a vegetable staying in bed, but oh, trying to stay away from the pain. And it got to the point where I was addicted. Mm-hmm. I started mixing them with alcohol. Mm-hmm. My wife would be like, you can't take your pills right now. I'm like, after drinking for a good amount of yeah. time, you know, and she's like, you can't take your pills right now. And I remember like crying, like, you're not going to let me take my pills. I need it for my pain. Well, she just didn't want me to die. She was being know? smart. Oh, absolutely. Somebody had to be there Definitely. to help you with that. Seeing it got to the point where we were in the hospital so long and I was on so many pills. When she was there with me, um, it got to the point where my dad left. And he's all like, hey, she's never leaving. I got to go. Like, I got to go work again. Like, I got to go and do my yeah. thing. And, yeah. and he's all like, tag, you're it. And she just never left, you know. So, That's perfect. <clears throat> but... When you're recovering and you have someone beautiful, it's also a little torturous because you know you might, mm-hmm. you know, stain the beauty. And I almost did. And what I mean by that is it got to the point where both of us were taking pills just so we can let the day go by. Got you know, it. Because we're in the hospital. we There's nothing to do. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even mobile. Like I can't get in the car. Like, that's how beat to shit I was, you yeah. know? And... I'm glad I quit cold turkey because if not, we both probably would have been crackheads and, you know, meth heads now because of it. <clears throat> Going down that path. Oh, absolutely. So I cut cold turkey instantly, like, and I went through all the shakes and all the pain and all of it, all of it. I went through it all, you know, and when I came out of it, my dad's like, all right, are you good? Like, are you sure you're good? Like, I'm like, yeah, dad, I think, because he was the one telling me, just take one, just, just. One, so the sweating could stop, so the pain could stop. Just so that you weren't in that withdrawal symptoms. Exactly, and I told him, I was like, Dad, I have an addictive personality. Like, if I take one, we're done. I'm going to take one, two, three, four, five, you know, ten, a hundred, whatever the case may be, I was going to take it. And it got to the point where my dad's all like, fuck, dude, like, you're just so stubborn. Like, I'm like, nah, I need this. I, I need to do this for me because I feel like I am addicted to this, and I need to get off of it 
Right. So when I was done, I, I literally signed signed my certificate saying, all right, you're out of the military. You don't belong to us, blah, blah. Sweet. Let's go smoke. and start sparking. <laughs> just start. So, just get it going. I started smoking, and that's how I started recovering because for a long time when you're about to get out, the military is asking you, like, what are you going to do, Jose? Like, what's what's your – I'm going to grow weed. Oh, <laughs> Oh, we can't we can't put that on paperwork. You can't you can't do that. But that's you know? what I'm gonna do, though. But that's what I'm gonna do exactly. But but, but you gotta tell us you no, I'm no. like nah, like weed. Who's gonna tell me that I can't do something? Um, who stepped on the sixty pound IED? Yeah, was that you? Was that oh you? no no no. Oh okay, gotcha. So who's gonna tell me no, right? Yeah. And I'm a girl weed. So. <laughs> exactly. So I started smoking, started recovering, and it helped me for four or five years i'm still smoking to this day so it's not like it's not helping me now but i knew then when i told my wife that i'm like man there's i i think i want to leave this earth again you know i i need some mental health like i and i i don't know how to ask for help and at that time anybody that i would talk to would look at me like i was fucking crazy for wanting to try something different you know i'm like opiates didn't work like i've seen people that are miserable that are saying that they're taking happy pills like so why would I even want to try that? Mm-hmm. You know, smoking weed makes me a bit happy, but it it's mainly for my pain, you know? Yeah. So I remember, like, looking around and started doing my own research online, you know? And I finally met this amazing gentleman. His social media is Jet Fuel Cookies, if you guys want to look him up. Or Jet Fuel Cookies? Yeah. Okay. And I ended up bumping into him, and um, he gifted me some mushrooms. And I've been following him for a good minute, and he, I knew that everything that he was growing was clean. And my biggest thing is I didn't want to get something that was going to kill me or hurt me because I've tried so much for me to eat something and just... just <laughs> oh, my God, what a piss-off yeah. would that have been? You're like, exactly. I'm walking, I've got myself going, I'm surviving this, I'm doing that. And you go, you just take something, and it just be... So Jose was a great man. <laughs> he ate a mushroom. But he ate a mushroom, and he didn't do his due diligence. That's really all it took could survive that, but really that mushroom took him out. I mean, that would be ironic and horrible. Yeah. But Insane. Fuck. Yeah, so... Um, he gifted me some mushrooms, and I remember going to my house. He gave them to me in a chocolate form, and going to my house and intaking the whole thing. And I remember just sitting on the couch and just and just completely went into this dimension that just allowed me to be happy. Just be happy. That just allowed me to be happy. And the weird part about it was that I was going into these different dimensions and different worlds that were calling me. And I kept doing it and kept doing it. And it got to the point where I started growing my own so I could so I could medicate myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I, he was gifting me these things because he didn't want me to pay for stuff. So I'm right. like, no, nah, like, how about I learn how to grow in that way? You don't have to give me anything. Like, I don't want anything from you. If anything, I just want your beautiful friendship and, you know, someone that I can talk to. You know, because I didn't, I didn't really talk to anybody. I, mean, I didn't talk to military men. I didn't talk to not even my best friend that I've known since I was 12 years old. Like I, Why? I was always the one that was solid. I was always the one that was taking care of everybody. I was always the one that you can count on. I, that was always me. And So what, make you, what made you think that you weren't that anymore? Because I needed help and I was broken. And when I did ask for help, no one wanted to help me. No one, everybody was, 
oh, let me take a picture with you, and I'm going to give you this, this, and that. Winter Warrior Project. Uh, I'm going to, uh, Jose, we're going to take care of you, and we're going to do this and that. Uh, we're going bil- to billboard you. And it's not like I was asking for anything, because not at one point did I feel like, oh, I stepped on the bomb. I deserve uh, the world, you know? Nothing like that. I was doing my job just like everybody else does their job. I just do it gracefully you're like i'm just beautiful when i do it do you not see these this flow i make things explode when i do stuff i'm literally that good things explode around me yeah so i i never felt like i deserved anything because i was doing something for my nation you know i I, it was a privilege to do what i did Mm -hmm. and when i was asking for help no one wanted to help me no one was willing to sit down and just listen to me you know and and I was afraid that my best friend wouldn't be, the, would be the same way. So, and I didn't want to put a burden on him like that. He's going through his things, and mm-hmm. you know, and it got to the point where him, my wife, like, hey, you're not the Jose we we know. Like, you know, we need you to be you. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started looking, and I started doing these things, and I started medicating myself with mushrooms and. I started, I've gone to like a Looney Tunes world. I've sat with Mayans. Um, what? Yeah, so. You um, need to tell me about that immediately. This trip, it was absolutely incredible. I I trip during the day. I trip at night. Like it's, And I'm at home. I'm not wandering around the streets, nothing like that. I love being at my house when I medicate. I, um, that's my safe spot. That's where my energy tells me to be at. And. I live in the desert, so... Set and setting, man. Oh, absolutely. Like, I have the stars, I have the sun, I have the moon. Like, it's... And that's my home, mm-hmm. you know? So, I I ended up ta- intaking this. Uh, I did four grams. No. I did five grams of uh, apes. Albino penis envies. And, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I will get more uh, into uh, detail uh, of uh, how big okay. we go. Okay. We go. Uh, yeah. So I ended up taking five grams, and at this point, I was pretty experienced to kind of know what I needed to do. And I had experienced a couple of things where I would sit on my wheelchair outside in front of my pool, and I would just start looking down and picture myself walking through the wheel that um, people get brainwashed with, like that black and white wheel or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would picture that in my heart, and I would picture my little human body walking into the that spear, that little circle that's round and round and round. Okay. And when you would get to the center, boom, you disappeared. And it was depending where the energy wanted you to go that they would allow you to go into certain worlds and whatnot. You were like this. astral projecting, my friend. Oh, absolutely. And yes. this time, I, I ended up... My eyes are closed this whole time, but I remember looking up and I see the Mayan ruins, and I see everything, and I I get called like, "Come, come with us. Like, we're we're gonna show you how to walk." And I remember learning and sitting and smoking with them and just talking to them. And at the end, they're like, "Okay, it's time now. It's time to come with us. Like, come, come, you know." Oh. And I remember always saying, "No." I got more things to take care of. And boom, I pop back into my wheelchair and shit, I, son. And I it's like the most blissful feeling in the world knowing that I still want to be here. 
you know i've had times where uh, fuck i was listening to wale and i had popped six grams of mushroom his new album and nipsey had just passed away and i remember listening to 50 in the safe meaning he has 50 grand in the safe and then he should be fine nothing else should matter you know and after the song finished i remember i'm like that's all i need 50 it's like <laughs> well i guess i need 100 because it's me and my wife so 100 in the safe we're good blah blah, blah. and i remember nipsey oh, i'm looking at darkness on mountains and stuff on my backyard and i remember nipsey saying looking at me puffing saying you just need to put your glasses on whenever you're ready whenever you're ready to come to this side Ah, oh, so they're like, listen, homie, you can dabble whenever you want. We got you. You just got to let us know when you're ready. So I've been I've been allowed in different places to the point where I read. I did an ayahuasca trip this last year. Um, I don't really dabble outside of uh, mushrooms. Okay. And I was really, really scared and terrified. I mean, really? I, oh, absolutely. Even when I do mushrooms, like if I'm going to do four, five, three, like two grams above, I'm shaking before I do it. Like, I'm terrified. Like, well, I'm, you know what could come. Yeah, exactly, you, you know? know. But it's because every single time I do it, I understand that I have to rewire something. To I have work. to delete some of the stupidity that the world has told me. This is what you got to do. This is who <laughs> you're going to be, you know. You can't grow weed. Exactly, you know. So every single time I'm like, oh, fuck. I fucking knew it, man. Like, you know, <laughs> I come out of it. I was like, why the fuck did my teachers tell me that this is what it's supposed to be? Like, this is, they never taught me how to grow fruits. Never taught me how to grow vegetables. Never taught me, like, the only thing I ever got out of school was math. I love math. I'm a I'm a numbers yeah. guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I did six years of math in high school, just because it was fun. I, I literally failed grade nine math three times. They pushed me through <laughs> because I was an athlete. The idea of my son. I'm going to side tangent you. My son is five, and his new thing is, mommy, what's like two plus two? Mommy, what's this, this, this? And I look at him and I was like, the second you get away from addition and subtraction, you need to go to your father, because he, he loves math and loves numbers. It. It's a, it's a, math is a language and it is not a language that I know that I speak well. Oh, absolutely. It's not a strength yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, no, see, and I speak better math than I do English. Fair. Even communicating with other people, I do right. better with numbers. So. Like, take this. <laughs> exactly. So for me, it was more of a, wanting to, to really see where I can take, after I started really seeing the benefits of all this and deleting all the stuff from my brain that I knew was bullshit and I just needed to see it or feel it again and I'm like okay I got to start reprogramming my brain I got to start doing things so I would come out of these uh these let's say medical trips uh-huh. <laughs> medicinal trips medicinal let's trips say we did medicinal trips and I knew that I had to start working on things because I couldn't be tripping all the time I mean I can but then how am I going to enjoy this world that we're in right now, you know? People fight. That's something I notice um, when you start dabbling in psychedelics. It's the, the experiences are so intense, so spiritual, so deep, so meaningful. So when you're there and you're in those spaces, you don't feel any of the pain that you're in physically. You don't, you don't feel the weight of a depression. You don't feel the, the trauma that is trapped in one's body. It's a, it's a separation. So when like I, I, a tangent. Apologize. The I spoke to a monk recently about psychedelics, and, and I said to him, I know you have views on it. And he said, 
of course. He goes, you know, Buddha talks about you take no no thing to to alter your mind, to do these things, you know. You have to learn to be in the now. And I, and I said, I, I totally get that. But people need relief. People need to know how to heal. That's yes. the tool to teach them how to heal. Yes. And so I understand when people are like, I could just trip. I could do this all day, every day, because you can be in a space, in a time, where wherever you go, where none of the ailments that you struggle with daily are a problem. So Absolutely. I can understand if you're not utilizing this properly, it, be, it can become dangerous for people's minds. Definitely, definitely, you know. And I want to, always wanted to make sure that every single time I would go back, that I would be welcome to all these worlds or whatnot. So I always wanted Respect to... Respect that. Yeah, I always wanted to make sure that any time I would come out of it, I would start working on it without taking it, without... So I started working out. I started doing things. I started moving. I ended up losing 40 pounds. I started competing as a Paralympic surfer. I ended up winning gold about three or four weeks ago um, after losing for three or four years of just continuously, nonstop, relentless, fuck it. If I keep losing, I'm going to lose gracefully, you know, and it, it allowed me to be myself. It allowed me to do the things that I wanted to do without being on them. But any single time I needed to medicate, I would know that I would be able to find relief instantly, mm-hmm. you know. So I ended up doing this ayahuasca trip this last year. And um, I had before that I had read a book, Autobiography of a Yogi. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the one you were telling me about. Paramaransa Yogananda. Oh, look at you. Shit. So um, he's the guy that they're uh, doing the autobiography of and whatnot. So he ended up talking about different scenarios and different things and the hermitage that he lived at and whatnot. In this ayahuasca trip, all of those yogis allowed me to sit and allowed me to bring my five guys, six guys that I had with me doing this. And we were all sitting still. And we were sitting there and we were just sitting at the hermitage while everyone was eating. They allowed us just to watch. And we were in India. Bro. We were in Santa Cruz, but we were in India. But you were in India. <laughs> oh you know, so it's it's been something that's allowed me to delete the stress, delete the stuff that I know it's bullshit, mm-hmm. and allowed me to see through myself, see through things that I, I need to understand, you know? And if I could see through myself, I can see what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. And once I started working on myself, it got to a point where people were asking me, Jose, how do you do this? How? And my question to them is, do you want me to be real with you? Or do you want me to give you the sugar-coated lie? The pep talk. You know, because <laughs> you know? if you want me to be real with you, I do psychedelics. And most of the, <laughs> t- most of the time you see me, I've probably been tripped the fuck out and you didn't even know. <laughs> do you want me to tell you? I fuck. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and some guys are like, oh, fuck. Right. And some other people are like, oh, okay. Oh, what's up? Like, so what is it that you do? I'm like, well, done this and this and this. And they're like, Jose, it sounds intense and crazy. I was like, yes, but guess why it helps us? Because it makes a human that is so egotistical, that thinks that they deserve the world, that thinks they run the world, make them feel so fucking tiny, especially and insignificant, and especially when they can't let go. Uh Can you imagine going through a four-hour ride that you want to get out of, 
Yeah, I've but done be, it. But because you don't let go. Oh, you, you know. Yeah, you just hang on. People, that's that's part of it. Is the 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 thing that I was always told was go in with an intention, but also know she will show you what you need to see, not what you want to see. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, you're only going to be allowed to what your body or your mind can process. Correct. That's all. That's all you're allowed to do. And I started learning things while I was while I was on these medicinal trips. Um, I start. I was being told that our our world is like a mycology world. Mm. So everything is colonized underground and above us. And it got to the point where I would be tripping at night, and I would see the webbing connections. What the universe? Yeah, I would even see the little transmitting signals. You know how you see uh, movies or whatnot, like a transmitting signal going through. Or what? I saw that in the skies. I saw that in the ground. I. I started understanding that we're all attached together, no matter the color of our skin, no matter if it's an animal, you know, anything that comes from this earth, we are attached to it. So why do we continue to hurt each other? Why don't we help each other? So for me, it was like them telling me like, all right, Jose, this world is broken right now. And this is what I need you to do. I need you to go and smile and smile as bright as possible. And in any hard situations, I want to make sure that you're the one that's always smiling bright and leading people to the light. So for me, I was told that my job here now is to make sure that people understand how to smile, remember how to smile. And with that smile, I give them a spark of life again. You do. You know, and gracefully, I've been able to help out so many different human beings, not just veterans, um, I've helped out sheriffs, I've helped out ATF agents, I've helped out firemen, I've helped out so many different people from many different walks of life, lawyers, I, I mean... Because trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma. Absolutely, right? and if, just like I was telling you earlier, for me it was so hard asking for help because when I did, no one wanted to help me, why would I, why would I turn people away when I know, th- not the answer, but I can guide you. Right. I can guide you in the right direction that will get you some help. So why why couldn't why couldn't I do that now? You know. So I started. I'm like, well, fuck it. Anybody that comes up to me and asks me and wants to be real, then I'll give them the real answer. And anybody that doesn't, then I'll just sugarcoat it for them. Because right. it's not just one thing that has helped me. It's many things. Mm-hmm. You know, the water being in the water and surfing has helped me. Like, it it's it's it is a different different environment and it's so re-energizing being in the water just as much as it's being re-energized to be taking mushrooms just like it re-energizes to be in the gym Mm -hmm. you know so i'm starting to understand be here now right meaning to be in the moment be at the time so for me i slowly stop or slow down my psychedelic intake Mm -hmm. and now i'm to the point where i'm just microdosing because Just like you were saying that you were speaking to monks and we're not supposed to take anything to alter our minds or mm-hmm. anything. Um, I want to be to that point where I don't need anything to alter or help me. Like, I just know how to get there, you know. For my wife, she doesn't. So I smoke weed. I take mushrooms. I've done ayahuasca. I've done LSD. Like, my wife, Nothing. Nah. Nothing. And if you speak to her, she'll tell you about how she act, uh, 
astral projects. Astral project, yeah. Astral projects when she goes to sleep. That's so, thing, huh? oh, she'll be talking to people. She'll be laughing. Uh, she lost her cousin the same year I blew, I got hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, you're you're with alone last night, and she goes, yeah. How'd you know? I was like, oh, you kept smiling and laughing and giggling, and I told you, hey, like you need to be quiet because I, you know, I need sleep. And she's like, shh. I'm talking yeah, right I'm, I'm right now. I'm having a good time. <laughs> you're ruining my. You're ruining it. For yeah. But the, I think the, for me the one the the most beautiful thing that uh, you know we 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 spoke last night before and I think the most beautiful thing for me was is really just seeing, seeing you in the way that you you are because it's one thing for people to, to talk online and to to meet and do all of that but when you sit down with someone and you see them, you sit and you look in their eyes, <clears throat> you can see them. You can see them and you can tell somebody's energy fucking right away. Absolutely. People struggle with that and they say, well, what do you mean by energy? I mean, you can tell, like you get that woo-woo feeling. You get it like in your like sternum and that low little part there. It's, it's, it sits there and you can tell when you sit down with someone who's been through hell and has found a way to heal you. It's so genuine. It's so cathartic, but it's, it's this thing that I say, I, I, I try to, you need to be the light in the room out of everybody in your life, out of everybody that you're around, out of every person you pass by on the street. And I've had this conversation with Griff. Yeah, I'm talking about you again. Are your ears burning? <laughs> I've had this conversation with Griff coming off of an ISRMO going to an airport. And I had said, I am having a hard time walking through the airport right now because I feel the dark. I feel the trauma. I feel the pain in the airport. And I'm... Huh, oh yeah. Huh, huh, one of these, and he goes. He I gets the phone. He goes, nope, nope. He goes. I, I had an experience the night before with one of the female shamans, and she, she did this thing to me, and it, essentially what came through was this ability that showed me how to breathe and cleanse my aura and the energy coming into me, and this technique to <laughs> and push it off. Right. Yeah. So I'm walking through the airport. Mm. Deep breaths yeah, everywhere. I'm, I'm like full. I'm like full going through the airport, and I'm, I'm just, and I'm just doing this, and I can feel it pushing off, and I can feel it, and I'm sitting on the plane, and all of a sudden I just get this huge download, huge download. I start rapid fire clicking on my phone, typing out this note and this like poem, and I'm going, I'm going, and as I'm doing it. <laughs> just going and the guy beside me just looks at me he's like, what the, the fuck's fuck wrong, is wrong with her but you can see that with someone you've seen somebody who's been through hell and hasn't dealt with or doesn't know how and then you see somebody like you who's been through it who sat through it who's had the ego death who's had the death multiple times it's a different animal when you when you talk about looking in someone's eyes when you talk about the healing and I don't have all the answers, but I have the tools. And the least I can do is provide you with the tools to be what you need to be because I know you're worth more. I know you're capable of more. I know you deserve more for yourself. So I say, be the fucking light in the room. I know if if, if you give one person a moment of a positive feeling when you're around them, just it just takes Absolutely. one. It takes one. It can change the trajectory of their day, which then changes the trajectory of how they act at home. How they treat everybody around them. How they treat them. everyone around and them. And it's, it's, it's just a rolling ball coming down, getting bigger and bigger yes. of happiness, of good people, of good vibrations. You're it's, absolutely right. That vibration shit is real, it's man. It's funny that you say that because there's a lot of times that I would tell a lot of my friends, like, hey, like, 
I, I know this is what you want to do, but no. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Like, I, you, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. They would leave me for a year, year and a half, two years, like, not talk to me randomly. Hey, how are you doing? But not how it was before, right? Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, just recently, a couple of my guys that came to me, he goes, I'm so sorry. It's like, I'm sorry I left you. I'm sorry. I understand what you were telling me is because you were seeing what you would see inside of me and my worth. I was like, absolutely. Did you ever think that I thought I was bringing you down or something? No. I was kicking you in the fucking ass so you can get your fucking shit out of your fucking head, Mm -hmm. you know, and start moving. Start Mm -hmm. moving in the direction that I know you should be walking in, you know? And they're like, I fucking love you because, you know, you're not one that's shaking people. I was like, I don't don't have to shake. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to get there. You know, and if you work with me, I promise you, you will see the beauty, the beauty in everything, the beauty in yourself, most importantly. See, but that's the thing. Uh, Most of the people, when you come out, um, you're so angry or you're you're so frustrated. And it's okay. That's absolutely okay. And that's totally okay. But we need to know when to intervene with people. Absolutely. See, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't like to tell anybody. Absolutely, I will talk you out of a ledge. I, that's one thing I will do. I can talk you out of a ledge. Yeah. But the one thing I won't do is when you're mad, angry, and all of that, I'm going to let you go through your emotions, mm-hmm. and then you would call me. I am not a kick. I'm not yeah, your punching not, bag. I'm, no, no. Fuck no. I was like, yeah. you need to fucking look at yourself in the mirror and see the things that you don't like about yourself. Then you call me and say, I need help because I know I'm broken in this, this, and this way. Right. Pfft, too fucking easy. I got you. That's you know? easy, That's homie. too easy, you right. know? And I'm so outspoken in everything that I do, and I know it scares a lot of humans. That's all right. <laughs> but um, it's, I'm outspoken because I want to make sure that it, it's going to help the world. You see how broken we are right now? Oh. Everybody's like mad at each other. Put a face mask on. Like, gee. hi, good morning. How are you? You know, like, how about you look at me in my eyes instead of looking down here? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like, not that it's, difficult. It's not. It's not really. And as you were saying, like, looking into people's eyes is that's how you're going to be able to see. And people are intimidated by well, that. I though. was going to just about to say, most people like to look and stare at their phones when they're talking to other people instead of looking at the emotion when they're saying something in specific and seeing how their face is actually moving. Because you could be saying, I'm happy. But your eyes but, say a you different know, Yeah, absolutely. You could see right, in, yeah. right inside, you know. It's like and, Nick. He's uh, like, you're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. looks into your eyes and you're like that's not his thought process right well, now see and when i first met nick i saw me in him right you know and not by the, like the broken part of all that just the wanting to feel the importance of being here feeling like i am doing something in this world i i know i belong here but Am I doing the things that I need to do? And it's just, I love being able to help in those moments because as much as I'm helping them, they're helping me out. It's a give and take. Absolutely. It's a balance. And I like to say it, and I'm selfish when I say it, but it's always going to be karma. You know, like where karmic law will only leave once we change and alter certain things. I'm not there yet. 
Because that's when you're like a monk. And all of that, you I know? mean, like, I can't picture there's you. There's no with, karmic law there, bro. I can't picture you without your like beard and your hair. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I could do the whole monk vibe with bald. you. Oh yeah, definitely. No, but I mean, and for the same reason, I'm 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 not I'm not shaman. I'm not a doctor. I'm not um Jose that grew up in L.A. that just wants to help. Because I see the the pain, right? The pain in the world. I see the pain in humans, and if I could help you smile, that means you're gonna change my world to a very more brightful smile. So the way I look at it, if I could change one human that I crossed today, that human is gonna go and change another human, and another human, and another human. So by the time I'm done with today, I'll be alternating. 50,000 humans' lives. Like, You're like, no big deal. Though. <laughs> well, and it's all for a smile, from right. a smile, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because we're at the SHOT Show and there's so many humans, and I this is something so... I don't like. I, uh, it's not that I don't like humans. It's just I don't like it in crowds. Like, human in crowds is the worst because if something goes down, everybody goes in the direction everybody else is going, and I'm the one that's just staring in the back like, yeah, I'll die in here before I do any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. So, I, I'm going around and people are staring and I'm so used to people staring now it doesn't bother me like I grew up in Compton and when I first got hit like I would dog people back like I would say something what? and I'm like oh abs- well think about it after <sighs> I mean not, I can't say this because you're a female and I, that's I am okay, so first off, sorry I'm fully offended that you said no, because be- I'm a female well because you're getting looked at by guys like lo- looking at you like lunch sometimes and mainly mm-hmm. every but I've never felt that. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you. It's you know, a weird. That's why I say, like, weird. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm you so sorry. That apologize stupid, to me. That fucking men like to stare at women like they're freaking meat. Like, you know, and it's very uncomfortable. And I, when they stare at me, they look at me like, and they keep going. I'm like, dude, like, you can look. Like, there's no problem. You don't have to like owl myself out. Like, you know. Yeah, you don't need to be doing that. Where and, you, like, it's like, as what's that thing that guys do when like they see a chick from far away and like she's gonna walk in this direction? Yeah, and everybody right moves. They're just waiting for the guy to walk by. Like, Here she comes. Here she comes. There it is. There see it that? is. You yeah. See that? Yeah. We all do it, but it's okay though. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's I told that this was right when I had just gotten hit. Now. I, I like to smile. I like to, like, to the point where I look at dogs looking at me. I'm like, oh, hi, puppy. And then the human's staring at me like, oh, shit, there's a human here. <laughs> you know, like, but now I, I, I smile at people. And people, like, sometimes they're like, oh, other people, oh. Uh, and then other people I get to break ice. And I'm like, hi, good morning. How are you? You know, like, yeah. and I get them out of their uncomfortable zone because I want them to know that not everybody in the wheelchair is fucking mad. That's the perception. That's another thing, right? Is there's this uh, this honest perception that individuals who have been on deployments and, and had you know experienced things like that you have that they're angry that they're that they're hateful towards the world. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. There's a time when that I'm sure was the case. Oh, absolutely. I could tell you, year one to, through four, mm-hmm. I was mad. I. I couldn't help anybody because I didn't even want to help myself. Right. I, you know, like it, I was very, very angry. And the worst part about it is that I wouldn't take it out on society. It was my wife getting some backlash and stuff like that. I would never step out of line. But little ar- little baby arguments or little conversations would turn into big arguments because I felt a certain way mm-hmm. so yes honey i felt a certain way <laughs> this wasn't you yeah this wasn't you yeah you. and i've apologized to her and we 
we have such great great communication. I mean, there's times to this day that I stay up with her talking to her for four or five hours, like middle of the night, just, or when we're in the car going on the long drive. Cause we, I live in the desert and I surf very often. So we're in the, we're in the car hours upon hours. And there's times where we don't even turn on the radio. And right at four in the morning, we get into this deep, deep conversation going to the beach. And I just, I love things like that because then I can see like, okay, she's liking this part of me and I don't like this part of me and she doesn't like it either so I can definitely work on this part you know so and we speak about everything life politics homelessness and how to feed the homeless like that's a big conversation that I love to have with a lot of human beings a lot of them they're like wow well you can't feed the homeless blah blah it's like well I mean yes you can like what if you grow trees in the city that are um, fruit fruit trees. trees You know, I'm not talking about you got to give them eggs or whatnot. Bro, community like, gardens, yeah, like, teach them, give them a tool. See, and that's exactly what I was speaking to a lot of my guys. And they're like, well, LA won't let you do that because of the rats. I was like, motherfucking rats are going to be there anyways. I was like, if someone's taking care of them, guess what? The rats ain't going to eat the veggies. Like, like it, there's plenty of things that, that can be taught in city sectors. And, and that's the biggest downfall of our school systems as well is the lack of education and proper tools to actually benefit and survive outside of the school. Absolutely. You know, and... Remember when I said I was deleting a yep. lot of the things that I had learned as a kid growing up yep. as an adult? All of that has been deleted, and now it's to the point where um, my wife and I are starting our vegetable garden. We've been having fruits. Like, I love to grow fruits. We have yeah. peach tree. We have, I love peaches. Peaches are my favorite. Oh, well, so. then you need to come up to the Okanagan because the Okanagan peaches will blow your brain. I heard they're the best. How about you they, send me they a... They are the best. How about you send me a seed well, so I can some. grow some? I will right? this summer. I'll go up to the Okanagan and I'll get you some. You can grow me some because it's... We we can only grow obviously certain certain things in BC this, mm-hmm. the the weather but that was something that we uh, you know I I love growing vegetables that's like my thing when we were when I was pregnant with my son I remember we were building out all the garden boxes because I said when when he comes out I want him to know how to grow food even if it's just a little bit I want him to know how to grow food but I also want to do this with him yeah absolutely. I want to plant with him absolutely I want to you know and so he'll call he'll like literally he'll FaceTime me and be like mommy it's time to harvest he'll go out <laughs> I'll be like Jack go grab me some beets he'll go out and pick out the beets bring them in and we'll cook and it's this it's this whole full circle moment when you give when you teach someone how to feed themselves how to grow food or how to sustain themselves you can see the change but we've we've made ourselves so self-reliant on government on, on subsidy on on other things to teach us and, and to provide for us. But what that has done is just make us softer and weaker. And I don't, lazier. Lazier. And lazier. I don't mean like weaker and like we're weak, I, but we are. But yeah. I mean it in the sense of like we've lost uh, a way about ourselves with humanity. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's sad. It's really concerning um, when you see kids going to school and their parents are literally five-year-olds, their parents are giving them a pack of Smarties to pop in their mouth before they go walk into kindergarten. Like, where did we go so wrong yeah. we have to teach people so yeah you well, can feed the homeless well it's the it's the let me show you how to you know leading the way like instead of showing like other people a lot of people are like oh 
I'm a vegetarian. You should be a vegan. Blah blah. blah. I was like, cool, well, great. That's that's fine. Like, do you know how much vegetables I love to grow, and do you know how much vegetables I actually intake throughout the day? Mm-hmm. Probably more than you, because I see how small you are. Like, and I got some muscles on me, so I promise you, my broccoli is doing what it has to do. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like I got this. You know, and a lot of people don't know that broccoli has protein in it. So it's just oh, it's delicious. So I do best. like <laughs> I just do like a nice fillet, and then an entire head of bro- broccoli. That's how we do it. Yeah. And that's like then my husband will be like, so you're just going to do broccoli again, huh? I'm like, yeah, but just with the steak. Yeah. He's like, that's it. I'm like, that's all I need. That's, all, that's exactly all so we eat. Good. Oh, it's simple, you know? And um, I, I like to show people the way. So what I mean by that is I've also changed the way I've eaten. I mean, I used to have a horrible diet, horrible diet. I was okay with fast food all the time. like, And <sighs> now, oh, everything... Everything is fruits. I love to wake up to a fruit because you have to break fast mm-hmm. with a fruit or a vegetable because you're breaking a fast. It's not called break fest. <laughs> not break feast. Exactly. <laughs> you know, not Denny's feast. America, it's called man. break fast. Right. And you break fast with a fruit. You break it with water, you, you know. And a lot of people are like, that's what you do when you... Yes. That's why I'm so awake. Like, I can literally You're go alert. on with my late... Yeah, exactly. And... I know. I came down to you this morning. We got in. I think Nikki was in bed around, like, at 4.30. I was in bed at 4. Nick needed someone to go wake him up. It looks like he's dying right now. Um, it's... Solid. Yeah. <laughs> he's super solid. His eyes are telling a very different story. He's been up all night. But we've been doing this, and I come down to you, and I'm like, how you doing? You're like... I'm great. I'm like, oh my God, he's so relaxed. There go the sunglasses. But he's so relaxed. I'm sitting here just thinking of something. He's so awake. Like you're so you're so crisp and you're so alive. It's insane. I want to be here. There's a one point in my life where I was telling my boys, let me die. And every time I look back and think about that time, I cry. I cry because I couldn't believe that I was so torn that I wanted to leave this earth that I was okay with leaving it because I've made some mistakes, you know? A lot of people make very, very many mistakes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people believe that going to church and saying, oh, I did this, I killed this human, and blah, 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 that's what's going to make me better. I've always known that I'll never be able to go and walk into the gates of heaven, but I'm going to be the bouncer allowing the people in there. So I'm going to make sure, guess what? Hey, I'm going to be dancing around on the outside listening to the music and all of that. And I'm going to be the one being like, yo, who you with? You with God today? Or you ain't with him? It's like, Because if you ain't, you can't go into this beautiful place right here. That's why I'm out here. But you want to work for us? You can work for us. You, you can know? work for yeah. us. We can help you up. We so can get you a job. I, I can't party with them either, but I can work here, you know? And that's that's all I've ever wanted to do is be able to. I can never go back on my wrongs and make them right. But I can I know that from this day forward, if I do my best to not make mistakes like that ever again, that I won't make them because I know better this time, because I remember, I remember the pain because I know how distraught humans are or they can be. Mm -hmm. So I won't be doing that in this earth anymore. And all I want to do is see people smile. Goddamn smile gets me every time. Nobody would blame you, though. Nobody blames you for... But that's the worst part because I don't give a fuck if I look like this. We need to have standards for everybody, meaning happiness, meaning doing what they want to do. But there was an understanding, though, if you were like, when, when you say, like, you know, I wanted to check out at the time, 
you you were physically blown apart. I mean, oh. any other human. I know humans who cannot get a, like. Can, I'm not going to use that example because that's bad. But they they can't break a bone. Like they break a bone, and it's like it's the most traumatic. Oh yeah, thing in their entire definitely. life. You're over here just like falling apart, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'll check out. I'm like, I think I think anybody else in that situation <laughs> would be like, I'm good. We'll we'll let this one ride. I'll check you on the next ride. But I can understand that. I could see that. But no, you're you're damn right. We do need to hold people accountable because it takes it takes people who have been through shit to change things. It really, in my belief, it does because you've. The worst you've been through is the worst you've been through. And nobody, you can't fault anybody by having maybe like the crystal clean life and nothing bad ever happened to them. You can't fault them for that. But no, not at all. Not at all. But it's, it takes people, in my opinion, who have seen and been through some things to, to understand the balance of life and to understand how low it can go. Absolutely. And how high it can go. And when you learn, it's it's like physical fitness, right? Or or working on the fight or flight uh, reflex. Yes. If you sit in that little bubble that I'm, my hand, I'm just kind of showing like a small scale. If you stay within a tiny little range, say zero to 10, and you're always just ping, ping, pinging off of that, your anxiety is going to seem worse. The things that happen to you are going to seem so much worse because your spectrum of emotional up and down is so, it's so minuscule. You can't, there is no range. Yes. Right? And so the worst is the worst. The best is the best. And it's ping, ping, ping. When you're able to go through something, I find that expands. When you test yourself, when you push yourself, when you're doing cardiovascular to you fucking vomit, when you're doing something that stresses your body and your mental state, that grows. And when that grows, you have a spectrum. And that spectrum is where you flow. That's where you find the flow, right? It's the wave of life. That's it. How the fucking... Oh, my God, you did it. You totally wave of life to me. Water (laughs) analogy me. I want to talk about that. Um, Because when you said that, I I felt you so deeply. Because after I have, for the first time for me, that was a message. was like, you need to be in the ocean more. You need to be in the ocean more. You need to go in. You need to be... When you need to to feel her, you need to go into her. And then I started doing... um, in January last year, I started going into the ocean because I live really close, like okay. like stupid close, like less than five clicks away close. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I need to, I need to be, I need to be listening. Before there was no listening to myself, to my intuition. There was no that voice. I thought was just it was just the dark voice. There was only that voice at the time, right? And then and then she stepped in, and she kind of was like, now nah, I'm the voice now. And 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 when you're eating well. When you're sleeping well, when you're doing the right things, when you're being good to people, when you're being good to yourself and you're honoring yourself, I'll be loud. I'll be right there. I'll give you what you need. So I started going into the ocean and I was like, it was, you know, it might've been a little different for you. Mine was more of a, like a very, maybe not maternal, but um, primal. It's a primal sense. Like, no, you go in, you get butt ass naked and you go in and you Mm -hmm. sit. So it's that for me, you know? So I just sit there and it's like, I can hear and I can feel her. And it's this whole fucking thing. And it's wild. And I remember I came back from my first eye trip that Griff, they so graciously took me on and I called them and I was like, hi, I swim in the ocean naked now. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, yeah, we probably saw so, that coming like a long time ago after this. Like after we saw what you went through, we we saw that coming. So I started doing that. And um, what I realized was after doing psychedelics and you hit there, because, you know, you hit a point. You hit a point, like you said, with your cannabis, right? Where you're like, I need more. Like, I know I need more. I know that I can feel. I know there's, because you, you had the light. You had a moment where you saw a light and you're like, shit. 
I can do better. Yes. I can do better. Let me just give it a go. What do I need to do to get there? And that's I. That was I for me, at least personally, right? And so once I had that and I kind of let go, everything changes. People don't understand when you say that, what that means. In my mind, what that means is the world starts saying yes. Before, the world was saying no. But it's because we are able to change that mentally. Right. You know, we go from this negative connotation that everybody's, the world is negative to, uh, hey, fuck it. It's going to flow the way it wants to flow, and I'm just here to smile and ride through it. We just got a full send. Absolutely. For me, um, when we started getting into surfing and all of that, I remember the first time I went to Hawaii, and I'm on my board, and I feel a tap on the bottom. Ah, and, I, huh. and I'm huh. like, <laughs> oh, no. and I look under, and I'm like, I turn around and talk to, because I have a pusher with me, so right. I have someone in the water with me all the time. Nice. And I look back, and I'm like, Joe, what the fuck is that? And he goes, oh, the turtle came to say hi to you, bro. And I looked down, and the turtle looked up at me, and I'm like, because you're an animal dude now (laughs) that's right so i've been able to experience animals in a whole different way to the point where i can call birds i can talk to ravens i can um elk is my thing and everybody that i've ever gone elk hunting they're great scouts or whatnot they're like i've never been (laughs) this lucky ever in my life Every time I'm with you, you get to fucking see an elk. You get to, like, be close to it. I'm always ranging for, like, long-range shots for elk or whatnot. I shoot them from here to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's insane. Like, uh, the last one that I got, he came in limping because I was there for six days, 15-plus hours, sitting (sighs) there just waiting, like, contemplating life and everything. And then God sends them to me with a broken leg. I'm like, of course you send them to me this way, huh? Yeah. Like, I need you to know this is the, this one's for you. This one's for yeah. Jose. It makes them slow and everything. And yeah. my friends are like, are you fucking kidding me? How the fuck do you knew get I needed the shot. You knew yeah, I needed exactly. a moment to get the shot. You needed the guy. It's like the, the elk's been living like the best life. Trips over a rock 30 seconds before. No, um, so... Uh, their nephew had shot him the week before or something oh. like that, and he didn't do a great job to the point where my Fair. friend wanted to kick him in the head. Like, well. you know, he goes, "Dude, you don't do that. You look for that animal. You gotta and go I'm find like, it now." Well, and Scotty goes, "Well, I'm happy you found him." <laughs> he goes, "Cause then I don't have to worry about because they have cats. Like they they're farmland and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So if if a elk dies that way, that means." The stuff that he's, all the animals that he has around, they're gonna die as well because the cats are gonna come grab it and then they're gonna everything take else everything is going. Else. Yeah, and cats are jerks. They like to kill just to play. Like, I know they, I have they, a cat. He's a, he's a menace. Yeah, well, when it comes to mountain lions, they just they'll snap a neck just to snap it, just to show like, hey, watch me do this, and then yeah. walk away from it, won't eat it, nothing like. Have that. Have you never been around a house cat? I have cat. Okay, so you, <laughs> so you know how they're like torturous little psychopaths. Yes. Like, and then when you just pick, picture a bigger version, we have them. We have them in BC, yeah. and the, the the fucking it's not good. Oh, there's kids get kids been grabbed like oh yeah wow. oh yeah. There's been um if they're you know if they're hurt you know they'll come in they'll get the, the easiest thing and they'll always be like like keep keep dogs and tiny humans close because when you're in certain areas you're in the mountains it's they're they're everywhere it's no different than uh, bear but it's I know back east in Ontario this was probably like maybe a di- five between five and ten years ago, I remember hearing very distinctly, Presque Hill Park, there was a kid, it was, it was his grandma, probably like three, 
And one came out and grabbed a hold of the kid and started dragging him by the head. And this grandma started whipping rocks and it let him go. And he was okay. He just had a couple of little puncture wounds. Oh, he, was, he was fine. But like, they, they don't fucking care. They'll eat yeah, your baby in front of you. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Don't trip. Yeah. So we got closer to the water and started surfing, actually. Um, with surfing came around, I felt like that's when I slowed down on my um, mushroom intake and my psychedelic intake because that was part of my, I guess, my guidance, my light shiner or whatever. Mm -hmm. is like, this is where you're going to make people smile. And okay. this is where you're going to make people change. Okay. And I've been able to bring so many people out. Um, shit, I got my whole group together three years ago. Um, all the guys that were working on me and all of that got them out three years ago and ended up winning I came in third place, unfortunately, but they're like, bro, you fucking won this shit. We don't yeah, care, you won. You know? We like, know. You know. So I, um, I, I love the fact that the water brings people around, and it just all walks of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had it to the point where my wife's so like, people have almost tripped on me because they're staring at you. <laughs> I'm like, You're like, I'm beautiful. Like, what can I say, babe? Because I'm calling around sometimes, and, I, and mm -hmm. people are just wondering, like, what is he doing? Like, is he really going out there? I'm like, yeah, you see how big those waves are? We need to ride them. Yeah, we need to ride them. <laughs> exactly. But it's yeah. it's uh it takes a lot of balls to do that. It takes it takes a lot to put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable again. Oh, it took me a long time because I knew the vulnerability that I was gonna have. I mean, not only was I gonna get my ass whooped by the water, because oh. I mean it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But now mentally before I get in there people are staring at me or whatnot. When I get out, pff, you can't mess with me. Now, you know, you can't mess with anybody getting out of the water. Just ride the just, wave that comes out and they oh, look at you and you're like, oh. They're feeling like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I have a lot of people that tell me I'm sorry and, and I ask them, like, what are you sorry about? They're right. like, well, this that happened to you. And but why are you I'm, sorry? Yeah. And I tell them, I was like, I was just doing a job. I was like, the best thing I can tell you is this. That bottom was meant for me. And I know that now. My life needed to be altered so I can help everybody else. And I'm grateful I stepped on that bomb, and I will forever wish that I did it every single day of my life that I wake up. Dude, I wouldn't I, have I, been able to find the beauty and been able to help others. I love, I love that you see it the way you see it because um, so often things like that, the, the, the worst thing that happens to you in life, it can, it can do one of two things. It can completely destroy you. And, and for most people, and the way that our system is set up, it's set up for a, a victim mentality. It's Absolutely. set up to ply you with pharmaceuticals. It's, it's set up to, to medicate you so that you just sit and you're not a problem. You're not a burden on society, right? It's, you're a great number at that point. You're a revenue stream, right? Absolutely. And you, you, didn't, you didn't let it be that for you. You, you didn't you didn't need to you saw something bigger and, and you and I talked privately about your life before and um you know and some of the things you said to me I'm like you weren't a half bad dude man I know you say you were rough and listen you might have been and you might have the things but I think deep down there was always this aspect of you you just it's always there right we're just never taught or exposed on how to see it or how to be it or I'll tell you one thing with that I figured out that the only thing I was ever looking for was someone to love me. And I'm grateful I found my wife. Because she unconditionally loves me. Without... I don't have to be anybody but myself. And that's all I've ever wanted to be. I'm a weirdo. 
I'm a nerd. Like no, I, uh, I like things that other people don't like, you know. And the fact that someone so beautiful, inside and out, can love me unconditionally, uh, I'm, I'm speechless. You know, I'm grateful that someone is able to love me like that. Well, you deserve it. I don't deserve anything. That's, That's not true. Thing. No, you deserve it. Everyone deserves to be loved. Oh, absolutely. Everybody deserves to have someone care so deeply. I, and for me, it took it took me a long time to find her. Because for a long time, I didn't even feel like I had my mom. You know, I never had a dad. And when I did, he was abusive. I loved my father. I loved him loved and I remember on my ayahuasca trip going through everything that had happened and my mother just hugging me saying it's okay saying let it go and I finally let go and realized that I'd been so fucking pissed this whole time because this motherfucker was beating on my mom. Help and us. I was a baby. I couldn't help my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was destroyed for a long time. And when I finally got to my wife, I felt like everything was okay. You know, I was able to even love my mother again. You can't... Um... You can't fix the past. We can't change it. Um, it's unfortunate when children have to be exposed to trauma like that because it's not that the hitting you or whatever it was. It's that you had to watch someone else be helpless and you felt helpless. And um, I couldn't. I've. I remember one time the fight was so bad that I went to go and bite him in his calf and I got him hard. I was like four years old, maybe. I remember. And I bit him so hard that he turned around and kicked me. And I remember that was the first time I ever got knocked out. There's two things in the world that's ever knocked me out in this life. My father and the 60-pound IED. And for a long time, I remember that day and that night and everything that happened. And for so long, I just I held on to that moment because I made sure that no one ever hurt my mother. My stepdad came into my life when I was six years old. He's never stepped out of line with her. Never, No one's ever touched my mother ever again. And I've been making sure that. My mom lives in the ghetto. I grew up there. All my friends that were gangbangers and whatnot, guess what? My mother's home will never be touched. They will never be. My boys know that if something goes down, the whole world is going to fucking catch oh. on fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm grateful I went through everything because now I'm able to share my story with the world and show them that just like everybody else here, I'm hurting too. But I choose, I choose to smile instead of choosing to hate. Because I can hate, Mm -hmm. but I don't have it in my heart anymore. 
I don't even have it in my vocabulary. It's so weird, man. <laughs> it's so weird to be to be in the presence of someone so positive, but it's been through so much because you just it makes it so inexcusable when people are just so fucking angry for no reason. <laughs> You just look at them, you're like, what are you yelling about? What is wrong with you? I don't understand it. You you have everything. Why are you being this way? And then you understand they were never loved. They yes. were never taught how to, how to love. They were never exposed to emotional capacity that could, they could learn to emulate. They oh, just absolutely. had nothing. And... You can learn and you understand why someone is so angry. You can learn and understand why someone's so hateful. It can make sense. But I believe it is your responsibility. When you know, when you're aware, it's now your responsibility to fix it. Absolutely. And that's that's what I tell a lot of my guys now. Like, all right, you've done the trips. You've, you've seen the beauty or whatnot. Now it's time to put in the motherfucking work. It's work. You got to put in the fucking work. Smile when it's not easy yeah. to smile. Make sure you you show the rest of the world, even when you're in pain or whatnot, that you can smile through it because that's what's going to get you through it. And you don't have to go through it alone. If you're willing to open your heart and ask for help, there's more than enough humans in this world willing to help, like myself, right. like others that have followed the same path, like yourself, right. you know, like the Knicks. The Knicks. The, you the know, Knicks. that get us on these podcasts and make sure that we're telling our story because they've seen right. how helpful it is. It's it's often, it's just people needing to know that there's one other person. Just like one. It, they don't need a million. They don't need, they don't need everyone around them directly, but they need to know there's one out there. Absolutely. Just fucking one. Yeah. I, I, like, there's no excuse to be angry. I mean, Jesus Christ. And that's why I just smile at everybody. And hopefully them just looking at me, like you said, no excuse. There is no, no excuse to live my best life. It's insane with you, man. <laughs> so you do a lot of work in the nonprofit world? Yes. Um, my nonprofit is a little different. I, um, I got into hunting about five, six years ago. And hunting just changed my life. Being outdoors, being able to get to mountains as a triple amputee, that you'd look and be like, how the fuck you get up there? Like, you know, magic, bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all due through help. So right. with the right crew around you, just like in healing, just mm -hmm. like in life, mm -hmm. oh, you're going to conquer the world. Right. You know, so I, I got into hunting with my best friend, Zach, that sent me on my mission. Mm -hmm. um, he was my platoon, uh, my staff sergeant then. He was the one taking care of the squad leader or whatnot. And um, for a long time, I didn't speak to him. But I felt like I failed him. I was his soldier. You felt like you failed him because you got hurt? Because I got hurt, yeah. I was, I was the one taking care of everybody. Uh, his wife told me, bring him back. And... It, it was painful to know that I wasn't there, like, every moment, you know. I was always, dude, I was this fucking, like a lot of people like to say in Spanish, I was this chicle, meaning his gum. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and um, uh, when I got hurt, I just, I never called him. I never, I stayed away. I stayed away from everybody. And one random day he called me up. He goes, hey, taking you on the hunt. We're getting together. All the boys are going to be there. You got to be there. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, I can't. 
I, I missed Say them. no to I that. Want, yeah, because I wanted to see them. I just yeah. didn't know how they would react to me or whatnot, you know? And we ended up going on this hunt, and it was just life-changing for us. And when it went down, it we ended up seeing each other, and it was like nothing had ever happened. Like, it was... What did we, you think was going to happen? They were going to well, dislike we, you? Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, it's... We, but we all felt the same way. We all right. felt like we were we were gonna not want to see each other because the pain was too hard. The pain right. was too strong, you know. Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing our hunt, and we sit down by the fire, and we start talking. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sorry, you know. I apologize to them. They're like, bro, we're sorry. Like, we should have fucking called you. We should have been there. I'm like, nah, dude. Like, it's. And we started to understand that. There was other people that were doing the same thing. And we just started this nonprofit because we feel like this connection that we have in the outdoors is what's going to help us in this life that we're in right, right now, you know? And what we like to do is we like to take out veterans, not just veterans, first responders, firemen, police officers, everybody that's uh, selflessly helping us in our communities mm-hmm. because they get to see a lot of life lost. Right. You know, and I don't know if you know, but firemen are second in suicide rates. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's a it's a big deal that we want to make sure that our brothers and sisters are taken care of, you right. know, because a lot of them are veterans. And even if they're not, we pretty much should make them because they're here taking care of this world. Like, you know, yeah, they're so, on our soil. Exactly. <laughs> so we wanted to make sure we take them out and have a good time and. We've been outfitting them from head to toe, buying them boots, getting them the rifles, getting the camo that they need, the backpack, to the point where we're giving them forks, utensils, cast iron so they can cook, like, everything. And we just want to get them to the point, like, others have helped me. Mm -hmm. So when I got taken on the hunt, they got me a rifle. And after that, they're like, yo... There's a person that wants to take you out right here. Go over there on this date. Mm-hmm. Like, so I started traveling and going hunting to different states and all of that. And a lot of people started seeing the benefit that I got from it. And yeah. They're like, we should do this with a lot of other vets. So for us, we started just outfitting them from head to toe. We're taking out about 12 um, veterans, first responders, and police officers a year. And we outfit them. Um, right now as well, we're taking out about 12 to 15 veterans fishing. So on like tuna trips and all that. After COVID, the whole thing blows over. We're gonna yeah. be allowed to do more because there's so, there's yeah stuff. we we are still running a nonprofit and we gotta make sure that we, the government doesn't shut us down or something. Yeah, they'll get shady real quick yeah. if you start Definitely. ruffling the so feathers. Four season fighters got started because of two gentlemen that were lost for a very long time that fought in the war and reconnected, and the outdoors helped us reconnect. And all we're doing is the same thing, just getting vets, taking them out, and just reminding them that, hey, bro, you're not the only one that sucks sometimes, you know? You're not the only one that's in pain sometimes, you know? Like, And, and we just want to show you that you deserve to be here in this world and that other people do want to help you out and do love you, you know? I know money isn't everything, but gifts like this, if we can teach you how to eat or, like, feed yourself, mm-hmm. then you have a lifetime of happiness. Yeah. You know, so that's all we're trying to do is just show them, you know, and give them everything they need so they can become successful.
Well, that's it. You give them the tools again, right? Exactly. It's about giving them the tools, not half-assing it. And you give them more than the tools, though. You give them the community afterwards. Absolutely. So everybody that we talk to, like, I mean, because I'm a smoker. I don't really drink anymore. Like, I, I like to smoke. So we were out in Washington. And at night, we started smoking. And the gentleman we had taken out had two beers in his hand. They're like, he's he looked at us like, you guys are going to get shit-faced tonight? We're like, nah, bro. Like, we got to wake up early, and we like to wake up, you know? And he's all like, oh, I can get used to this. I Normally, this. I, I would be the one, like, left out because they would be like, oh, you didn't get shit-faced last night. You're a pussy, yeah. blah, 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 you know, all the bullshit. No, on the contrary, you can call me any name you want. <laughs> I want to be comfortable in the morning. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to feel good yeah. in the morning. And he had such a great time that it, it changed his mind, and... He was told us, like, he went from a human that was drinking every night to, oh, I'll just drink when I hang out with friends. So uh, all I want to do is just show people. I'm yep. not going to tell you anything. That, I'm just going to show you. So we're just going to have a next iteration of Deepak Jose? <laughs> just some shit like that and just see you over there with your beads and you're like, let me show you the way, Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. No, but I love that, man. It's so, It's so refreshing because I... You know, when you talk to a lot of people, everybody has their stories, right? Everyone has a story. Every, everyone has a story. And I believe everybody, whether they think it's important or not, it's not them that, that gets to dictate it, right? Everyone has a story, and it all deserves to be told. And I know you've told, you're, you've told your story before, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you came to talk to me as well because I think, I think that the difference with our listeners and I think the difference with what we do is you're just not doing a podcast yet. I think that's <laughs> I, their difference. I, no, we're lot, right on the same page, man. We're about the community. You gotta I, be about the collective. The one thing I want to do is just um, before I leave this earth, I think I want to write a book or okay. maybe do a documentary. <laughs> I'm shocked it hasn't happened by now. <laughs> it's all right. We got. We'll I, talk. I'm just. I'm waiting to do more things and change that many more people's lives. You know. And I think, because I'm, I'm nobody, I'm, I'm not trying to be a celebrity, nothing like that, but I think telling our stories the way we do and people seeing it in a different view, mm-hmm. like I, I was telling Nick, I was like, the reason I love you so much is because you see me the way I see you. Right. You know, I, I feel like Nick is my superhero and Nick looks at me and makes me feel like a superhero. Right. You know, when he captures me through the lens, he he captures me as dumb or whatever it is that I'm falling or whatnot. He captures me in such a great moment, and he he shows it to the world in such a different way that makes me think twice that maybe I wasn't that much of an asshole in this world that has allowed me to still be here. Yeah, I don't... Uh... I truly believe if you were really that much of an asshole and that you didn't have more to give, you wouldn't be here. Too many things had to click, man. Those those guys had to hear you. They had to take that chance. They had to risk it. They, you know, you died three times. They could have just left with two. You know, they didn't have to go that extra mile. No, no, no one. It's hard to explain to people because uh, the community they will say, well, they will always. Everyone you know around you will always go the oh, extra mile. Definitely. For the most part, they will, but. You know, there's always that aspect of self-preservation. But in your case, people went the extra mile for you because of who you are before you even got blown up. People go the extra mile for you because of your heart. So 
it, I doubt even if you you begged and pleaded, no one was going to let you peace out. You had, you had more to offer, and they knew that well before you even knew it. The world knew it before you knew it. It just took a little time for you to see it. What's that saying that the Griff said? It's like you can't unsee the mountaintop. Yeah. All you can do is just share the light. He goes, don't be that fucking billboard. Don't be the vet with the billboard. I said, I'll be the fucking vet with the billboard because it saves people. Oh, definitely. I don't care what people think. It definitely does. It saves people and it gives people a moment. Absolutely. And I'm so goddamn glad that you got that moment. I'm so glad that you didn't go down that path with those opioids. I'm glad that you saw the bigger picture. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly glad for your wife. Because you and me both, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, let's 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 be honest here. You married up, Holmes. Oh, oh, fuck. I'm, I. Uh, what does Bun B say? I'm a million dollar magnet, a billion dollar bitch. That's but right. My wife says, "Don't say the bitch part." Don't so say sorry, bitch. sorry, babe. Sorry. <laughs> hey, the truth has to be what it is. You can't alter the lyrics. Hey, you know, he taught, he taught us how to hustle, too. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's... I told her that. She's just like, don't say the bitch part. Yeah, like, but right, it's, right. it's yeah. context. Yeah, it's yeah, tonage. yeah. It's, that's what I told her. I was like, it's the way he says it because he knows that's what he needs. Yeah. And that's what he knows that's who he's, he has to have next that's to him, you know? It's the powerhouse. Yeah, I know. And I've told my wife this from the get-go. I was like, I don't ever want you behind or in front of me. I want you next to me through all of this, you know, and I'm not going to give you 50 because it's not 50, 50, no. it's 100, 100, That's because right. I'm going to give you all of me right. and I just hope you give me all of you. But we did discuss that she is obviously. Oh yeah. More. The three quarters. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I'm like at a 75, 175 or <laughs> say, you know, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's, it's totally unfair, but it's fine. We'll, we'll, it's, it's all right. But I'm, um, I'm glad. I'm so glad they introduced me to you because I think um, you're you're what I scream about. You're what I scream about at the top of my lungs and sound crazy for. We need to be better. We just need to be fucking better. And we can be and we deserve to be. It takes, like I said, it seems like it takes from within the community to heal itself. Because no one's going to understand you the way another guy who's been blown up is going to understand you. No one's going to understand you the way who's been somebody who's seen combat is going to understand you. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to get that from the civvies the same way. You'll get empathy and compassion, but you're never going to get that silent understanding. And when you can show these other people because you're a dude, it's a different thing coming from someone like you. Seeing a dude like you sit there and be vulnerable and give, give yourself and give your everything and really let it out. It gives this silent nod and permission to the guy who's six foot five and sitting there. All right, fine. All right, Dean. <laughs> All right, mate. You know you gotta you gotta have you gotta have people like you. If we didn't have people like you, I don't know. I don't know that we would see these guys who have this 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 perception. I don't know that we would be seeing them. Healing. I don't know that we would be seeing the progression. I don't know that we would be seeing the organizations that are saving the lives. And I'm fucking grateful for you. And I'm grateful for the effort because I know for a fact not every day is easy. Not every moment is easy. There's pain. 
there's frustration, there's anger, but it's, it's you who chooses in that moment how to react. And it's what you do next that makes the difference. And you take the time, you're cognizant, you're aware, you're conscious, and you're present. And that's why you're going to keep changing the world. It's not going to take very much once everybody else knows who you are. And I'm shocked by now that they don't. Because if they haven't, they really need a lot of Jose in their life. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I I do a lot of podcasts, but to tear up on them, it's I feel the connection. So you got you, homie. Thank you. We hit it yesterday, man. I knew. I was like, when we sat down, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn it. Because you know when you do those shows and you're like, I think I might connect with this person. And then you meet them and you're like, substance wasn't, I wanted more for you. Yeah. I know you, I, not you, but like I wanted yes. more from that person. Because I'm like, I know you've got better in there. Not because I want a better show, but because I know, I know what you deserve. And because I can see it. And I know that if you just took a second, took a deep fucking breath, and just looked around, they would realize that they deserve that for themselves too. And you fucking, I'm here for you, man. Yeah. You, you're welcome. You come on anytime you want. You whatever you want. You okay. just let us know how we help. How do we? How does everyone find the organization? How do they donate? How do they get involved? What's the next steps? So we're a full nonprofit, five hundred one c three c. Well, could, don't like rave about it. Yeah, you could find, Oh, it's because it takes so long. And I it's know. Difficult. <laughs> I've never done something like this, and <laughs> my buddy and I are like, dude, we know how to tell people like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. Right. But for us to sit there on the computer and be like, oh, I gotta jump this hoop and this hoop and that hoop. Right. So we are officially a five hundred one c three c everything is a hundred percent everything we do right now I'm working for free when I fly I work for free like i every single dollar any single anything that is donated is gonna go to the veteran first responder the firemen or police officers that we will be taking out on that trip and every single dollar that's donated is being used up specifically to make sure that veteran feels the love from everybody so all if you guys want to donate you can go on fourseasonfighters.org okay. and go on to the donation page and donate there um if you are a big company that is into the hunting or fishing business we don't like to ask for anything for free but if you're willing to give us stuff we will take it because it's going straight to the veteran mm -hmm. but if not we'll take wholesale prices as well Oh, that's that's yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, because you cut our costs. Last year, we took out a veteran that had gone in his right side blown up, mm -hmm. like me, mm -hmm. and but had all his left. Mm -hmm. And we outfitted him. I think we walked out of the store spending like 6K and just just gear to get him mm -hmm. moving and getting everything he needs. So if we can cut that cost, we would help that many more veterans yeah. we would be able to have more money to take out more veterans so instead of paying six uh six thousand dollars to outfit them and all of that we could pay three thousand dollars and guess what i can take another instead, exactly instead of taking 12 i'm taking four you know like, we talked just, about the math <laughs> we talked about the numbers things remember yeah, you're the numbers so, guy exactly so that's and that's what i've been talking to everybody is like look we're not asking for free because free is gonna only benefit one human instead right. of benefiting 
benefiting like two companies, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't want anything for free. We work hard for everything. And me personally, I'm going to go do as many galas, as many fundraisers or whatnot. Like I will talk for all my veterans in mm-hmm. this world, for all my police officers, for all my firemen, you know, and I will make sure that I try to get as much donations as possible for them. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything. I want to make sure that they are taken care of because I've gotten a lot of veterans that say, Jose, I wish I looked like you so people could understand the pain that I'm in right now. And I, the first thing I tell them is like, look, I promise you, you don't want this. You don't want <laughs> you don't none want of this. this. <laughs> you don't want none of this, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but I, what I can do is I can help you out and okay. I can guide you and I can get you wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. You want to surf? I gotcha. You want to hunt? I gotcha. I love it. You want to fish? I got you. You want to go backpacking? I got you. You got to carry know? me, but I got you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I just want to continue to change in the ways that I know people are willing to help with. And I know there's a lot of people that love their veterans. And those people are the ones that are going to make this nation better. Those people are gonna, the ones that are going to help us mm-hmm. make a difference in this world. So uh, thank you very much for having me on and letting me speak about my nonprofit as well. No, man, mm-hmm. you're here. You're here always. You're always, always welcome. What's your social handles for people? My social media, if you'd like to follow me, is Roll With Guru. So it's R-O-L-L-W-I-T-H-G-U-R-U. And it's called Roll With Guru. It's because I'm not a guru. I am my own guru. And all I want you to do is roll with me so you could find your guru. Right. You know, meaning yourself. Oh, yo, <laughs> you nailed it. I love that. Well, yeah, yeah. And there's a traditional bed in the background. That makes more sense. Fuck you. But it's true. There's, there needs to yeah, be more. I'm not, I'm not a guru for anybody. Right. I found my own guru. And all I want you guys to do is find yourself, your love. You know, that way we can all be better and great. Can you imagine all of us being super happy at a million percent running our vibration at a million percent? No. We would have been in Star Wars already. We, we would have been. <laughs> Shit would have been astral projected yes. for fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. We got to go see, places. Like, oh, hey, uh, I got to go see Kelsey and, and yeah, the Knicks. It's fun. All right. Let me <laughs> sit down real quick, you know, and be there. Like, yeah. I, I, I really want to, I want our future to yeah. see that, you know. And the one thing I know I have to take care of is the future and the past. The past paved the way, and the future will take care of us. I, I'm not even going to talk. <laughs> that's incredible, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's right. He came on. I'll see you all next week. <laughs>